Welcome to Table 1025. Hi, I'm Jen. Hey, this is Dawn. Hi, this is Deb. And I'm Jody. We're real women who gather around the table to connect with God and one another through real life conversations. So grab a coffee and pull up a chair. Welcome to the table. Hey everyone, welcome back to Table 1025. This is Jen, and I am excited about today's episode. We have been working through the different aspects of relationship this season, and if you are new to our series, welcome. We want to um, remind you of the topics that we've talked about recently. So we talked in episode four about vulnerability. We talked in episode five about loyalty, and today we are going to be talking about the topic of surrender and what that looks like in our everyday lives with um, with our relationships and with the Lord. And so Deb is going to kick us off today, and so we are excited to hear what she has brought to the table. Thanks, Jen. We are going to just jump right in, and I'm going to start with the definition of surrender according to the 1828 dictionary and it said in there to yield to the power of another to give up oneself into the power of another and the surrender of a right or claims and when i think about that it just really reminded me um my my word for 2021 is submit And so that definition of surrender led me to uh, dive into the word submit as well. And the definition, again, in the 1828 for that was to yield, resign, or surrender to the power, will, or authority of another, and to give up resistance. And so as I'm talking today, you might hear me interchange the words submit and surrender a little bit. Um, And that's because that's kind of how God is revealing this to me in my life right now, because I, um, I have always struggled with that surrender thing. I am a very uh, strong willed person. And I have often thought uh, I, I just get stuck in my ways. I get stuck in uh, my expectations of myself and others and so this idea of surrendering has been just something that God has really put on my heart uh, over the course of the last few years but especially just within the last few months and so I know that's why I'm talking about this topic today so uh, I'm just going to dive right in and talk a little bit about why God has me in this place right now and it really it boils down to my revelation of who he is and um, I have in order to do that I just I need to talk a little bit about where I've been where I've come from I was a teacher for oh gosh 22 years and uh, I, I always knew I wanted to be a teacher it was just something that God put in my heart from the time I was in probably junior high or high school on. And so I developed this perspective of who I was uh, because of him putting that in my heart to teach. And so I had the expectation that I would always be a teacher. And at the time, my expectation was that was in the public school system. 
And I just really didn't have my, my sights set on anything other than doing that. And I had been at a school district for 18 years and God showed me that it was time to leave that school district. And so I did an interview. I I got a great job offer at another school district and, you know, the job of my dreams. It was something that I just knew God had lined up for me. And uh, it was in about, oh gosh, let's see, I accepted the, or started the job in August and it was in November when I was on my way to work. This job was in another uh, community a few miles away. And on my way to work, God told me, not audibly, but uh, I was praising and praying. And he told me that, um, hey, I gave you everything you wanted, everything you expected through this job, but this is not over for you. And I have something better. And so I was rocked a little bit by that. I sat on it for a while. Um, I shared it eventually with uh, my sister and my brother, which often uh, uh, I'm talking spiritual sisters and brothers, and asked them to pray for me because I was really feeling led to uh, consider giving up teaching, which is kind of what he led me to. And so over the course of the next few months, I again started to uh, picture what I thought God was doing for me in my life. And instead of like literally surrendering it to him, I just, there's just something about me that God (laughs) is still working on with me in that uh, he I, I just wanted I just want to take charge and know what the outcome's going to be. And so long story short, he led me out of teaching and into ministry. And I went from being a full-time, you know, supporter of my family financially to being in full-time ministry. And uh, I thought that I was the epitome of surrender at that point because I gave up everything in my mind to walk alongside uh, my friend Jody in this ministry. And, you know, looking back on it, I now realize uh, that I was not very good at surrendering because I still had all of these expectations that God was going to, you know, he's going to give me a job, a paying job with a salary, and we're going to do this ministry, and we're going to go all over the United States. You know, I had all of these ideas that were in my head, and um, once again, God has uh, given me this idea that, hey, I'm not in charge of my life. He is, and so my surrender um, is highly important, (laughs) and uh, I'm still not there, and I'm here to say I, I am still a person in need of my Savior. I do not have all the answers, and so today I am just going to share with you kind of where my heart is, where God has led me in this area of surrender and submitting, and um, 
we're just going to see where it goes. So I'm going to take you to the scripture that he also gave me this year, and that is in Luke chapter 10. Um, specifically, he gave me verse 27, but I'm going to back up and, and start reading at verse 25. It says, And behold, a lawyer stood up to put him to the test, saying, Teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? He said to him, What is written in the law? How do you read it? And he answered, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength and with all your mind and your neighbor as yourself. And so I'm going to today, I'm going to take you through this, um, this idea of surrendering your heart, your soul, and your strength and your mind. Uh, because that's really what he's intending here is in order to love you have to surrender at least that's the way that I am taking that and so I'm going to take you through three areas that uh, he has led to me to um, based off of this verse from verse 27 so in order to love with my heart I also have to surrender my heart and so I I look at that, uh, a verse that kind of goes with that is Ezekiel 36. And I'm going to actually, I'm going to probably do quite a bit of paraphrasing today uh, because I can't use my eye very well today, to be quite honest. I can't see very well today. So Ezekiel 36, 26, and 27, I got from that passage that it is about obedience. And so... If you look at uh, this, it says, I will give you a new heart and a new spirit I will put within you, and I will remove the heart of stone from your flesh and give you a heart of flesh, and I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes and be careful to obe obey my rules. And so surrendering the heart for me, it is about being willing to uh, get rid of my heart of stone and allow God to create a heart of flesh. And if you notice in verse 27, it says, his spirit will cause you to walk in his statutes and obey his rules. And so when I surrender my heart, that allows me to be more obedient to him. And some areas uh, that he's worked with uh, me on in that area of obedience are first, to submit my sinful tendencies, second, to surrender my selfish motives, and third, to surrender my personal standards. And so I think about surrendering in those areas, like my sinful tendencies. You know, there's, there's a lot of scripture that tells us to repent and to get evil thoughts out of the heart and to, um, that he is going to give you a true heart and so in order to uh, receive what he has for me in that area, I have to submit my sinful tendencies, which is repentance, boils down to that. My self selfish motives, you know, we talked a couple, I think it was, it might have been in the last episode about uh, being humble before him and you know, I think of that Philippians 2 passage, I know we've read it before, uh, Philippians 2, 5 through 8, where he, where Christ humbled himself to the point of death. And so in 
my submitting to him, I also have to get rid of what I want. I have to get rid of uh, what's, what, what do I have in it for me. I have to give that up to him and, and allow his will to be done, not my will. And then in the area of personal standards, um, this, this one really hit home with me because, um, you know, I, I told you about that expectation I had that, well, it's going to be easy. I'm just going to go straight from this job to my next job in ministry, and God's going to provide. You know, he says he'll provide for us. Well, what does that look like? Well, for me, I thought that meant that I was still going to be able to live a lot of the same lifestyle. <laughs> and uh, speaking specifically on finances, you know, the ministry is not an area actually where there's a lot of money that's flowing in all of the time. And so I had to give up that idea of what I needed uh, and just renounce it all and, and give that to him. There's a great uh, verse uh, in Luke chapter 14, verse 33, that talks about renouncing all that you have. And he's talking about that, I mean, that's surrender. That is giving it all up, giving up every expectation of how you think that you need to live in order to live a life for Christ. And so those are the areas on surrendering the heart. And I would be interested, uh, girls, do you have anything to add to that? Or should I go on to my next? The thing that's coming uh, up for me is, because I'm thinking about what our listeners may be thinking about as they are hearing you talk, which has been excellent. Um, I think it's very important for us to recognize, first of all, we can't give our heart. It's And it was specifically stated in the scripture um, that you read in Ezekiel. Because God was speaking and he said, I will give you a heart of flesh versus a heart of stone. And then I think to tie in what you said at the end, Deb, it, the action that we take, it's, it's not us giving up our heart. It's, it's us give, recognizing the sinful tendencies. Mm -hmm. It's us recognizing where we're choosing our will over his will. And I would add that it's a very, it's very much a spiritual inward working within us. Um, but we have such a faithful and good God that is, he's going to reveal to us where in our lives we have not surrendered to him, whatever specific area it, it may be. And you were speaking specifically to finances. For some of us, it could be, well, for me right now, it's, I have a lot of cuss words that are coming out of my mouth lately. <laughs> I don't know what that's really tied to, but it's tied to something. And he's wanting, he's wanting me to see that because that's an area in inside of me that I haven't given to him. And quite frankly, I can pray and pray and pray and say, take this Lord. I don't understand what's going on, but it's always going to be in his timing <laughs> when he finally, or it could be, Maybe I'm too strong-willed in that area that I'm not able to hear him or see him clearly enough to be able to say, oh, this is what it is. Okay, Lord, I need, I need help here. I need you to work this out in me. That was really good, Jody. Deb, something that was coming up for me when you were going through all of that, I just kept thinking about 
how scary that can be sometimes when mm. you are strong-willed, which I think everyone at this <laughs> table has a little bit of that <laughs> tendency. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Full disclosure, we're all a little strong-willed here. Um, but when you were talking about that, I kept thinking, that scares me when you're saying that. That scares me when you're saying that. Then I reflected a little bit and went, yes. However, the further you go into that relationship with God, he does take that fear away. Mm -hmm. And yes, there are moments stuff like that comes up for me in that surrender piece. But when I stop and I'm still and I listen, he takes the fear. He doesn't take the situation away necessarily. But I have seen him consistently replacing the fear I have with that unknown with a peace in him. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, Yeah, Don, I think, um, sorry guys, my voice is weird right now. Um, (laughs) The definition that I looked up was not from the Webster's 1828. I don't know what it's from, actually. It's from Google. (laughs) (laughs) Whatever dictionary that is. 2021. It's very current. (laughs) Yep. And it said to cease resistance to an enemy. And so I just think that that's really interesting. Like the word ceasing resistance, to me, that just means you stop fighting and you stop. um, You stop pursuing whatever it was you were pursuing and you do something else you turn a different direction you go a different direction and so that's um what is sticking out for me with your story deb Mm -hmm. is you turned from something that was safe and that was comfortable and reliable and you you are surrendering that in exchange for what the lord has for you which is always better and i just really um i just really needed to hear that story today. And the other thing that is coming up for me is um, one of my favorite songs by Ren Collective. I was just listening to it the other day. And the term um, concrete heart is in that song a few Mm -hmm. times. And so that just kind of for me is a really good picture of kind of what you were talking about with the heart and obedience. And when you surrender your heart, uh, it's hard to surrender a heart when you are wanting to do your own thing. And when I just think of like a concrete heart is it's totally unworkable, right? Mm -hmm. Like it is totally rock hard, unchanging, unmoldable. And we don't want, like, I don't want that kind of heart. And so whenever I hear that term, it just strikes a chord in me because I think God can't work with that. Like if I have that kind of heart, God can't do anything with that. Mm -hmm. You have to surrender that. And whenever I hear that term, I, it makes me do like a lot of introspection, like Lord, what in my heart is causing it to be so hard? Like I want a soft, moldable, like changeable heart. I want to be more obedient for you. And so the whole concept and um, theme of obedience in relation to having a soft heart that is doing his word and his will is just really, it's really good stuff. It's really good. It's great. Yeah. It's not, um, it's not a coincidence that he leads us to start with the heart because if your heart is like you said, if it's of stone, then the rest of this, your soul and your, your mind, um, they can't be changed Mm -hmm. without the heart happening first so well and my second point i guess 
for what it is. You can tell I'm still kind of a teacher. Uh, the second point today that I want to talk about is surrendering the soul. And uh, I went to 1 Peter 1, verse 22 for that. And it says, having purified your souls by your obedience to the truth for a, for a sincere brotherly love, love one another earnestly from a pure heart. And then I'm going to go on to verse 22. Since you have been born again, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable through the living and abiding word of God. And so surrendering the soul, uh, as I dug into this, there were a couple of things specifically that spoke to me on that. And first is surrendering ungodly desires. Uh, so Romans 8, 7 says... <laughs> If your mind is set on flesh, it's hostile, and you need to submit to his law. I'm paraphrasing there. Uh, the second area was surrendering your shame and your pain, which is really hard for me. I'll just be very upfront there. And third, surrendering loyalties and self-vows. And so uh, the ungodly desires, I think that's pretty... Uh, evident that we all probably have those desires that need to be fleshed, fleshed out of our lives. And it's only through, it ties back into your uh, repentance for um, whatever you got to repent for in there for me. But the shame and the pain, that is something also that is hard for me. And a scripture that I always, I, I go to this, this one often, it's Hebrews 12 too. And I should have it memorized, but I'm not much of a memorizer. So uh, 12.2, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. And so I just need to be reminded of that often, that, that it is for my shame that he went to the cross. It is for my... Um, my pain, whatever I'm going through, whatever I have done, uh, he went to the cross for it. And so that surrender, you know, I, I look, I just look at Jesus on the cross. You know, we just came out of, um, Easter was just a couple weeks away. And I just think, you know, all the time about how, you know, he, he took that on for us. And, but yet it's just so hard to let go of that stuff you know, from your past. And so he is really, uh, that's an area that he will probably, oh, well, I know he'll always be working on it with me, but that one is, it really resonates with me. Uh, and then the third area is, area is surrendering your loyalties and your self-vows. And uh, Jen talked with us last episode about loyalty and how important it is in a relationship. And this just kind of reminded me of that, that we are to actually surrender our loyalties to everything else and and only be loyal to him and Ezekiel 18 4 uh, it says that our souls are his souls and then Isaiah 45 23 is the passage or the verse that talks about how to him every knee shall bow and every tongue confess that he is our God and so uh, anything that we are putting above him has to go anything that we uh, are focused on that isn't him has to go and so in order for us to completely surrender our soul those are those the three things that 
popped up for me. Anything on surrendering the soul, ladies, before I move into the third? I do because um, <laughs> I can my tell. theme is it is well with my soul mm -hmm. this year. So um, I really like what you shared. And I, what came up for me was this diagram. I j literally just pulled it up on my computer so I could look at it. And I'm just going to put this out there. And it, I mean, this is not biblically founded, but if we're talking about our heart, our soul, and our mind, um, which is the basis of the scripture that Deb has shared, we need to, I personally need to recognize what is Jesus literally saying in this moment? Um, God actually commanded this to the Israelites. This is the very first commandment. And there's a reason. And it is because we are created in God's image and God gave us a soul. And I had been reading a book at the beginning of the year that talked about, well, what is the soul? Well, the soul basically is something that houses all of who we are. And that includes our mind, our body, and our will. And I've heard you say multiple times, Deb, about the will. And I think that's the key point specifically with the soul aspect is that our will is very much involved in that and then you shared which i loved jesus is always our model um jesus had to give up his will and we have an actual picture of that in scripture and that's when he is in the garden of gethsemane mm -hmm. yeah. and I'm going to share this, and some people may not agree with it or not, but in, this, in one of the studies that I'm doing weekly, uh, our teacher shared with us, what do you think of this thought that Jesus actually had two souls? He had the soul of whom he is as God, part of the Trinity, but he also took on flesh. And we all know that as humans, we have a soul. So is it a, is it, is it a possibility that Jesus had two souls? I'm not here to argue that, but it did cause me to stop and wonder, is this why Jesus prayed three different times mm -hmm. for God to take the cup from him? Mm -hmm. As God incarnate, did he not know he was going to the cross? Absolutely he did. It's the, it's the, it's the only reason he came. As a man... He knew what he was going to have to endure. He knew the pain and suffering that he would have to go through. And he had to surrender that aspect of who he was in that moment as a man. He had to surrender it or submit mm -hmm. it to God himself. And that's what God has been revealing to me this year is, am I willing to do that? Mm -hmm. First for him. And then, then am I willing to do that for other for others, no matter if they're a sister or brother in Christ or a, a non-believer. Okay, so Jody, while you were talking, I was reading in the message, the scripture that Deb mentioned, uh, Romans 12, or Hebrews 12, sorry, Hebrews 12, and in the message it's broken down into verses 1 through 3. So I'm just going to read that real quick because I think it's fantastic and it totally fits with what you were saying and about the process of 
the surrender that Jesus went through and the prize at the end. So it starts off, it says, do you see what this means? All these pioneers who blazed the way, all these veterans cheering us on? It means we had better get on with it. Strip down, start running, and never quit. No extra spiritual fat, no parasitic sins. Keep your eyes on Jesus, who both began and finished this race we're in. Study how he did it, because he never lost sight of where he was headed. That exhilarating finish in and with God. He could put up with anything along the way, the cross, shame, whatever. And now he's there, in the place of honor, right alongside God. When you find yourself flagging in your faith, go over that story again, item by item, Mm -hmm. the long litany of hostility he plowed through. That will shoot adrenaline into your souls. And I just thought that was really cool because it shows us, like, we go through the surrender, and it's obviously... (laughs) not comparing what we're going through to what Jesus went through, Mm -hmm. but just the process of it and the victory on the other side Mm -hmm. of it, if we're faithful and if we stick with it and if we follow him and trust him. That's good. That's good. good. Thanks, Jen. Mm -hmm. Okay. So then the third area that uh, we're talking about is surrendering the mind. And Psalm 25 is such a great Psalm. And Psalm, I'm going to jump just to Psalm 25 verse 5 real quick as quick as I can it says lead me in your truth and teach me for you are the God of my salvation for you I wait all the day long and so specifically in this area of surrendering the mind obviously uh, we have we have to be open to the truth and so the areas he uh, laid out here for me to surrender are first my judgments this really gets into the relationship point uh, thing big time. My judgments, my expectations, and my anxieties. Mm-hmm. And I could probably talk all day about all three of these areas because boy does I or does he need to work out some things with me. And in that area of judgments, Romans 14:13 came up. And uh, it's the the verse that talks about, you know, we're not to judge each other and we at the same time, we are not to be a stumbling block. And so I think that's really huge in our relationships uh, with each other. And then in the surrendering expectations, uh, he brought me back to 1 Corinthians one twenty-five, which I should probably read every single day. It says... For consider your calling, brothers. Not many of you were wise according to worldly standards. Not many were powerful. Not many were of noble birth. And going on to verse 27, but God chose what is foolish in the world to shame the wise. God chose what is weak in the world to shame the strong. And boy, do I need that because I tend to get in my head, and this is where my expectations of what should happen, what could, you know, how things should look. Um, he's telling me, you know what, that's foolishness because he is, he is more than like his foolishness is wiser than me. (laughs) His, his, um, he is stronger than me. His weak, his weakest point is still way stronger than me. And you know, guys, if we, if we just surrender this area of our lives, um, life could be so much easier. (laughs) And yet, it's the thing that I probably hold on to the tightest. And so he's just really um, 
speaking that out to me real loud lately. And then surrendering the anxieties. And, you know, we're, we're all familiar with Philippians 4, 4 through 8, where we're not to be anxious through prayer and supplication. We're to take that all to him. And, and um, if you look at the very beginning of that verse in, in 4, it talks about rejoicing. Mm-hmm. And uh, I know it sounds crazy, but it just makes all of the anxiety so much easier when we choose to rejoice first. And I probably just in the last week, last eight days, have uh, been through what a lot, well, it's been anxiety. Um, I went for one day of losing, not losing, well, I lost my wallet, only it was stolen. I'd come to find out it was stolen. I had uh, my husband lost his mother I had um, uh, went in for a routine procedure, a consult on my eye, and ended up having to have a biopsy. So I've had a lot of anxiety in my life the last week or so. And it's interesting how God, either prior to those events or in the midst of each one of those events, he has um, just led me to worship him and, and like, for example, yesterday was um, the day that the thing happened with my eye. And, you know, I I just set the appointment up knowing it was just going to be a routine thing. And literally on the way to the appointment, it was about an hour drive, he led me to start praying for um, healing within that time. And I'm like, well, duh. I mean, this, it's an issue with my eye that I've been living with for a year. And I thought... You know, yeah, he's going to heal me. He's going to, you know, provide some kind of a quick answer. Well, when I got there, my expectation was that I was going to have this thing, you know, dealt with with my eye. I would know what my next step was, and that's not what he gave me. He instead gave me a new thing that um, I'm going to be going through at least for the next week until I find out results from the biopsy. But he was so loving and so kind to take me to an attitude of praise and worship on my way there that the anxiety that normally would have probably happened to me literally sitting in the chair, um, it was not an anxiety that I could not walk through because he had prepped me for it. And that sounds really weird, I guess, (laughs) as it's coming out of my mouth. I'm not sure that our listeners will fully understand it, uh, but... It's just the way that he has moved me through, you know, and I know now that the things that happened last week with my wallet being stolen and my, uh, my, my husband's mother passing away, that those were instances where he was teaching me how to walk through um, helping those around me and, and showing them the love uh, because of my surrendering to him those anxieties um, and so, yeah, he just moved me through what happened yesterday in an amazing way. And so um, that's kind of where I'm at with surrendering the mind. Anyone want to jump in on that? Okay. <laughs> I mean, I, ha- I have something, but I think it's supposed to be for towards the end. Okay. Because there's a reason why God put this in order in the scripture. Yeah. So I would just kind of summing up what uh, my thoughts, if that's possible, uh, through those three areas of surrounding my heart, my soul, and my mind, uh, this is all about 
first and foremost doing this with God our Father. And in order to then bridge that over to our relationships with each other, um, it, it just makes our relationships that much easier. So um, I'm just going to give three little, this is maybe, you can consider them action steps if you want. Uh, if we have that them before me attitude with our brothers or sisters that we are walking with, uh, quick to forgive, quick to repent, humble and giving of ourselves, that kind of sums up surrendering the heart. Second, loyalty to him leads to loyalty with each other. Yeah. With Jesus as our focus. And third, uh, no judgment. Uh, his will, not my will. He speaks through others, and we need to listen because he puts others in our lives to speak through them. Um, those were the three that popped up for me. Those are good. Very good. I would add another action step would be prayer. Yes. And Actually, I, think, I had that. I just didn't number it. And I think for all of us, in every episode leading up to even this one, it prayer is a vital absolutely action step. And I think I re, I know I continue to grow in understanding the value of prayer, whether it's just my intimate prayer with with God the Father and you know Jesus, or whether it's praying for others. Um. It's an intimate time where we're just sp spending time with him. And I just think mm -hmm. that's a huge, huge aspect and yes. action step that we can take. Not just daily, like <laughs> all the time. That's a good point, Jody. And I think as we have all grown, I think we're all realizing how important that prayer is. And at times we maybe don't communicate that enough and don't say it enough, but it is just becoming part of what we do, who we are, because we realize it. And so sometimes I think we do fail mm -hmm. to communicate how important that is to to what we've come to know. Mm -hmm. And praying in the moment. It doesn't have mm -hmm. to be just yeah. in the morning when you wake up or whatever. You know, it, at the point when I knew that my wallet was being taken or stolen, I my son was with me and we prayed I mean, after a few things that I had to repent for, because I'm sure there was some language coming out of my mouth when I first realized, I didn't even realize it, but my son was quick to inform me that. But then from, you know, the 10 minutes from that point to going back to the location where I'd left my wallet, we, we prayed. I mean, that was a nonstop. That's what we did in the car on the way to that place. So yeah, praying in the moment, it doesn't have to look like what we expect. Right. So one thing that I want to add before we wrap up is I heard dependency versus independency mm -hmm. and probably should switch that. So really what you talked about today was independence versus dependence, yeah. which is the whole crux of the entire scripture that you started us off with. Mm -hmm. When he's telling us to love him with all of our heart, mind, soul, and strength, um, he's saying it's not about you, it's about mm -hmm. me. And you can't do this. Like you, you, we cannot, we cannot love him with all of our heart, all of our mind, all of our soul and with all of our strength. It can't be us. That's right. Um, 
it has to be him through us. So I just wanted to add that because mm, I just that's think that's a, a great way to just express what you have shared. It's good, Judy. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Good conversation today, girls. Yeah. Thanks, Deb, for sharing everything. And I know that um, a lot of what we spoke of today was something that I needed to hear. And I mm-hmm. hope and I trust that our listeners feel the same way. So we look forward to seeing you next time on Table 1025. We've enjoyed being real with you today. Until we are together again, be creative and encouraging, helping others, and spurring on those around you. We look forward to gathering with you around Table 1025.